Are you looking for a trusted property insurance partner to help your business grow and stay resilient? FM Global uses science, data, and research to help you make informed decisions. By working together, FM Global can help you grow your company with confidence and deliver the protection and expertise you need to thrive. We're also here to help you navigate the complex world of ESG. We'll work with you to identify and mitigate risks related to natural disasters and offer solutions that contribute to a more sustainable future. Let's prepare to prosper. Yeah, exactly. If there were true psychics in the world, that would uh, would not be a pleasant power. Right, exactly. You know, that's how we know when we find out a true skeptic, it's not because Randy's going to show it on uh, on the Tam stage. He's going to be the guy running down the streets going, Jesus, think about something other than fucking people. Right? Anybody. <laughs> Is anybody oh, thinking about anything but... <laughs> Why are so many of you into pee? What's the matter with you? God awful movie movie movies. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from the annals of Christian cinema so that amputees might feel sorry for us. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate north, north, northeast is my good friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, welcome back, sir. Oh, thanks for having me, Noah. And unfortunately, we're heathless once again this week. Apparently, none of our listeners prayed hard enough, uh, so we're going to have to wait at least one more week to get him back to the mic. But if you really love you some Heath, comfort yourself with the fact that at least he didn't have to watch this week's movie, Redeemed. Guys, Heath is the Marco Rubio of the Gamcast. <laughs> Think about it. He's Hispanic. Uh, no, not really. He's, he's against abortion. No, not so he's much afraid he's... of tigers. <laughs> okay, right, all right, all right. He's not here at the moment. <laughs> he's not going to be president. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You really pulled yeah. it out at the end. I was starting to doubt you, you at the beginning yeah. there, but that was really well. No, I, you guys are welcome. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> tell me, Eli, how bad was <clears throat> redeemed? Oh well, you know how uh, the kids are all right is a really good movie about infidelity and about how an affair can affect a relationship and how hard it is for people to deal with the the complex emotions surrounding that. I do. Now, imagine that that movie had been exposed to red kryptonite and created a bizarro (laughs) world version where everyone was still upset, but nothing had happened and all of the acting was terrible. That's the... (sighs) Basically, what if a baby doll got aged in a time machine and then they put a blonde wig on it and then the dad from Three's Company didn't want to fuck it. That's the... He wanted to fuck Eva Longoria instead. That was the fucking movie. Yeah, this is a 2014 film in the genre of nothing happening slash romance. But most exciting, of course, was that this was the, I believe, directorial debut of our good friend David A.R. White, star of Brother White, ancillary substar of God's Not Dead, and Owen Wilson of Every Bone in His Face, other than his nose got broken instead. Um, so, <laughs> what, how, how depressing is it that we've reached a point now where we recognize the, the Christian movie regulars? You know, like when David yeah. A.R. White shows up on screen, you're like, oh, fuck, uh, I know it's that. David. Dude. Oh, By good, name. He's in this. 
I had this weird thought moment while I was watching this movie and I recognized David R. White. I was like, man, if I saw David A.R. White on the street, I would stop him and be like, hey, man. I've seen all your movies. And then he'd be like, thank you. And I'd be like, no, this conversation is going in a very different direction than follows is, that sentence no. usually. We're going to fight now. Uh, so I know this is kind of backwards, but in order to explain this movie on any level, I think we need to kind of start with the moral of the story. And you, you already... You, you already sort of hinted at this, but if you, if you wouldn't mind, kind of sum up the moral imperative that undergirds this movie, if you would. Okay. So basically, the, the TLDR of this movie is that thinking about wanting to fuck someone is the same as fucking someone. Mm-hmm. And so is friendship. Well, right, right. Yeah. You don't even have to think about fucking them. Thinking about having intimate conversations with them is the same as fucking them, I do believe. And so don't do it. The only person you should be friends, boy-girl friends with, is your husband and or wife. Right, right, exactly. As a matter of fact, you and I are having gay sex right now, if, I, if, if, if this movie is correct. Yeah, according to this movie, we are deep, deep inside each other right now. We should be charging, people should be paying by the minute for this podcast, according to the, the logic of this, this movie, which it's just, it's mind-blowing. The... The philosophy of this movie is like all of my f high school friends on Facebook. Like whenever I see a post, they're like, so apparently it's okay to just go out with whoever went to the bar with her friend, quote unquote, the other night. Fucking whore. <laughs> and I'm just like, unfollow. That's It's like that guy got to make a movie. This is a weird, abusive boyfriend got to make a movie movie. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you always talking to him? Why are you always texting him? The movie. <laughs> Where's that film? Uh, Why are you always texting him the movie? It's made by Pure Flix, I'm sure. Well, yeah. I'm sure you're dying for nothing to happen as much as Eli and I are, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get all the exciting inaction of Redeemed in. When watching a movie based on people's belief that looking at a woman is the same as having an affair with them, one can only imagine just how many affairs one is guilty of. But here at God Awful Movies, we like to hedge our bets, so in a sexual Pascal's wager, we'd like to officially apologize to all the women we've had thought sex with. This list is by no means exhaustive, but we hope that we can at least let the healing begin. Scarlett Johansson. Also Scarlett Johansson. The girl on the subway who kind of smiled at me, or maybe was just being polite. Jessica Rabbit. Circe Lannister. The paintings of Georgia O'Keeffe. Mrs. Buttersworth. And finally, Tom Hardy. Also Tom Hardy. <laughs> we can only apologize to the women and occasionally men in our lives for our literally millions of affairs and hope that now the healing can begin. Noah's mom. Oh, good one. Also my mom. <laughs> According to the dictionary, the word redeem means to compensate for the false or bad aspects of something. And while I wouldn't say this movie offered redemption exactly, it certainly offered faults and bad aspects. Starting with the ridiculous effort at a psychedelic opening that I think uh, David A.R. White was going for. Oh, but let's not forget, this movie opens with, based on a true story. A, a true story where nothing happens, yeah. Right, exactly. I was like, I wrote in my notes, I mean... Yeah, it is a true story that some men want to fuck other women that aren't their wives. 
not be based on a true story. Yeah, because right. like nothing is happening all the time everywhere. Right. Exactly. So are YouTube videos where people make tea. It doesn't. I don't think you need the title cards. That's it's just a thing that happens. I guess it's not as catchy a title card if it's this is a thing that happens. <laughs> right. So and and of course, yeah. So we go straight from the ad- admission that yes, in in the real world, someone somewhere sat in a restaurant or whatever that was supposed to mean. Um, straight to this like silly ass attempt at Hollywood Nouveau that looks more like um. You know, it looks like something that somebody like was fucking something up, and somebody's like, "You're fucking that up." He's like, "No, I'm doing this on purpose. It's supposed it's on purpose. to be it's a, hey, man, the like camera's this. not focused. No, it's I'm, artsy. I'm like <laughs> Spike Lee. I am the Spike Lee of Christian cinema. Right? Yeah. So we know that uh, that uh, David A. R. White ain't gonna be fucking around, y'all. He's gonna direct the shit out of this movie. He wants you to know right up front. That you're going to get some weird, meaningless, slow-mo blurry shit here and there. The lady doth protest too much when it's like, look guys, this is a real movie. I did some artsy shit. You can't even see the people in frame. Look at this. Come on. See? See? Oscar. I know how to do dumb shit with my camera. So the, the blurry artsy shot is of uh, of our main character getting on an, on an airplane. And so, and we, and we learn here, he's, he sits down beside this fat, awkward Brazilian guy... And we're going to basically tell this movie, I guess, in flashback of him telling a really boring story to a guy that wishes he could hang himself on an international flight. Yeah. I'm going to try to save my life. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm going to read my book. <laughs> I gotta... Oh, you're going to keep talking. This is, you know how all great movies begin with someone telling a story on a plane? No, that's no movies. No great movies ever begin with someone telling a story on a plane. Well, strap in. Oh, my God. Now, it would have been great if it had been like, you know, Abram Zucker and Zucker style. Like, he comes back and it's just a skeleton that he's talking to or something like that. That would have been fucking just, awesome. You can but... just see his feet hanging from the top. <laughs> exactly, he's yeah. used the oxygen mask to take his own life. <laughs> fucking kung fu style. Perhaps the worst idea that's presented in this movie, and believe me, there are a lot of really terrible ideas presented in this oh, movie, yeah. but perhaps the worst one is, you should talk to people on a fucking plane. <laughs> I fly all the time, and every time someone talks to me, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. Here so we go. Headphones anywhere, man. Oh, look, 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 they've got the tooth fairy at the Rock Dwayne Johnson. I'm sorry, I saw this only twice on my last flight. I gotta, gotta watch it again. <laughs> oh, you didn't not cheat on your wife? Great. Oh. Such a great story. <laughs> Would you like to hear a story about something I did do? No, you're still talking? Great. Just gonna jerk off under this very thin blanket. I'm gonna read this vomit bag if you don't mind. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so the story that he's telling starts with him, uh, <laughs> expositing about his, um, I guess he has a, an internet security firm. Yes, which is made clear to us because the first, uh, five lines of this movie are him being like, the cyber network microchips are in place with the Kubatron tuba bassinet Batman <laughs> Robin. So I, I yeah no I the very first note that I wrote down on on my uh thing here was stop throwing words at me uh during this <laughs> opening exposition um 
and we so we learn amidst this word salad of an opening that they've got a new program called Jericho that they're about to test or that they're about to put it online or whatever. Right. So yeah, they're about to test Jericho, which they could not explain more lazily. They're like, oh, Jericho, it's going to use data to make the security of the <laughs> Anywho, it just says tech in my script. No one right, wrote anything yeah. in. <laughs> blah, 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 computer words, blah, blah, blah. I guess, okay, so the, the one guy says, all right, we've hired a bunch of hackers to try to break into it. The gray hats. Yes. This is one of my favorite things. They're called the gray hats because they've obviously heard the words black, black hat and white hat hackers. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, they're called the gray hats. They're neither good nor evil. That's... And where's their movie? I want to hear about the gray hats. <laughs> And their meetings. So what'd you do this week? I don't know. I just sort of, I broke into the FBI and I, I changed everyone's DMV appointment to be five minutes later. <laughs> They're nihilists, I, I yeah, guess. Exactly. I don't but that's not fair. <laughs> I want to hack into the computer. Don't want to do anything while I'm there. I'm just going right, to. Yeah. Um, but just when it seems like, I guess everything's going just fine. All of a sudden, there's a problem. One of the hackers apparently has made it through their security protocols or whatevers. Just to 60, 620. 620. I wrote down immediately, bet that's a Bible code. Uh, I wrote it down, too. I was like, yep, that's going to be Bible. It's going to be a Bible <laughs> I thing. almost went to my Bible and checked Joshua 620 to see which, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so apparently the Bible code hacker manages to thwart their big Jericho thing that everybody's really excited about. So the the main character, whose name I still don't fucking know. Paul. Uh, is, okay, all right, Paul, played by the uh, Jefferson Darcy from yeah. Married with Children, is very, very angry and yelly uh, at all his people because they've they've hacked into Jericho. Right, yeah, exactly, which it's impossible to list the things that aren't real in this scenario because there's just so many of them a that's not how hacking works b security companies don't invite hackers that's like you what they heard of is what they heard of is the the french urban legend of the safe company inviting all the famous safe crackers Mm -hmm. to try and break their safe home and that's not real by the way that was just a tv commercial that they did was was with hired actors that wasn't real but anyways they heard that and they were like, I bet all security firms do that to test all systems. They're just like, hey, criminals, anyone want to see an early version of what we're later <laughs> going to use to try and keep you out? We get an advanced view of where the problems are. Hey, guys, if you'd like to take a walk down into Fork Knox, uh, we got these new security cameras. We want to invite anybody to try and uh, hit him with a bat. That's uh, <laughs> hey, it's pretty strong, right, Steve? All right. Now, if everyone can leave. Oh, guys. No, you said you would leave. This is just a practice. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you've got to get people who are neither good nor evil. That's why you need the gray why hats, Why wouldn't right? you get white hats? Why wouldn't you get good people? Like, why right. would you – are you morally ambiguous? Yeah, exactly. Well, these uh, these 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 uh, gray hats all obviously rolled in D&D for their alignment. Oh, they were right, like, right. I'm a chaotic good. And it was like, right, that's well, how you're going to live your life? No, I rolled the dice, man. I'm a chaotic good. All right. <laughs> Seems like a lot. We're not playing anymore. We are always playing the game, my friend. <laughs> right. So, yeah, now everything's gone to hell. And uh, then we have to go and meet the wife in a meet the wife scene. 
And this is one of the least attractive people we've seen in any of the movies we've ever reviewed. Her face looks like one of those fish that you can only eat the one part of or you die. <laughs> That's what this person looks like. And so but at one point in the movie, my wife walks in while she's on screen and she says, I shit you not. She says, is she supposed to look like that for the movie or is that what the actress really <laughs> looks like? <laughs> Oh, he's, I get it, cause he's a Christian, he married a burn victim. That's nice. <laughs> it's good that they incorporated her. She looks like a hot young blonde woman having an allergic reaction. Yeah. Just cause her face is all swollen. I mean, it's pre 1990s plastic going surgery. Up. Yes, right, exactly. Personified. Exactly. So she's having, she's sending out invitations to their vow renewal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how many people are you inviting? And she says, 20 of our closest friends and family. And he goes, it's not the royal wedding. And I wrote, hey, man, 20 people is not a lot no, to that's... invite to your event. Va- I'm getting married in August. There are going to be 200 human beings there. Wow. If if everyone says yes. So I this so 20 people at a vow renewal, I was just sitting there being like, man, fucking 20 people at a vow renewal. I wouldn't have to fucking cater that shit myself. I'll make some mac and cheese and some <laughs> Oreo truffles. We'll be good to go. So now we have to meet the Brazilian chick. We're going to meet that, meet her when she uh, when uh, he goes to work. We meet his adorable little secretary. I kind of liked her. Yeah, who has a standing desk, by the way, which was incredibly distracting for me throughout the entire film. I, I, I was actually thinking about getting me one of those. I, Standing I hear, desk? I hear good things. I hear good I, things. You know, I hear it's good for you, but I'm just like, really? You can't sit down ever? Your whole <laughs> life, you just got to be standing up? It also makes you seem like a high-tech executive, too. A, a standing desk means that you're a man of action. You walk over to your standing desk, and you're, like, commanding a contract. A skinning desk is where you jerk off. No <laughs> one jerks off at a standing desk. That's <laughs> the real... Yes. Because you'd have to, like, hunch... Yeah, uh, like... Oh, guys, I just figured out why people actually have standing desks. <laughs> it's because you can't jerk off at a standing desk. I've, yeah, like you've and never that's been why they added the treadmill, because someone like me would have jerked off anyway. So right. they're like, fine, we'll put a treadmill on. And oh, you know what? There's still rhythm. someone out there jerking off on his treadmill standing <laughs> desk. Just like, nope, you're not stopping this train. Turn it up to six. I don't give a shit. Man, you have an open cubicle. Yeah, well. Shouldn't have come into work so early. It's noon. That's pretty early for me. (laughs) And by the way, if you're looking for a bright part of this movie, which God knows I was, um, the actress who plays the Brazilian is super hot and gives a fairly good performance. It's a little broad. It's a little seductressy. I would definitely not call it a good performance, but I would agree with the first half of that sentiment. The best performance in this movie. Oh, well, yes, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) When you have David A.R. White and a a blow a slightly deflated fuck doll to deal with, (laughs) so so just a a quick plot summary, and so that we can get to the details here. The BBC, which is not the BBC, the news organization, it's a Brazilian like banking company. Uh, That probably stands for Brazilian Banking Company, yes. Yeah, who knows? But they're called the BBC. That's very confusing. I just saved you a lot of confusion. (laughs) The BBC is this Brazilian company that is considering buying Paul's company because they have developed Jericho. And they have sent this Brazilian woman to check out the company's finances to make sure that they should buy it. Right. That seems to be... That's her function in the movie. Yeah, exactly. 
well, that's that's her excuse for being there. Her function right. in the movie is going to be for him to think about while he's beating off, apparently. Right, exactly. Me too. So, oh, for real. Oh. Me too. Me three. So she shows up and she's in this, like, pink... Like, yeah, I guess that's what you show up for at a business meeting is a short pink sleeveless dress or whatever. Right. I wrote in my notes, she's wearing this hot pink thing and this Easter bonnet. And I wrote, hey, I found Carmen San Diego, everyone. <laughs> this could not be a less appropriate outfit to wear to an introductory business meeting. It's just, oh, what should I wear to this corporate meeting? Well, I'm going to be meeting them and going over their financial reports. How about an Easter bonnet and a <laughs> fuck me dress? <laughs> And I, I just want to, I want to plant this flag now. I actually worked for a company that was under financial review when we got purchased for a larger company and nothing this sexy happened. <laughs> Four German guys came to my apartment in uptown Manhattan and sat with me on my computer and were like, you know, you can actually use Excel if you, if you press the page down button, it just goes right to it. And I was like, oh, cool. You're not very good at your job. No, I am not. I am not. That sounds kind of sexy, though. That sounds kind of sexy. For please don't open my internet browser. I do not use incognito <laughs> windows. Just kept waiting for one of those Germans to take off his sports jacket and be like, "Sure, it's hot in here. You have your father's eyes." <laughs> Damn it! Movies just lie to you, man. They're right. <laughs> Least believable thing about this movie, by the way, that this gorgeous woman wants to fuck this man who looks like a wrestling coach, a retired wrestling coach. That's well, the body we're looking at here. Uh, but see, I, I, like, I don't, I never got the remote impression in this movie that she wanted to fuck him. Oh, and at all. At all. That's, that's very important. Is, yeah. I thought, I, early on, I was like, great, she is going to reciprocate this relationship, and we're gonna deal with the flirtation that goes on between them, we're gonna see it, I'll plant, again, plant another flag right now. This woman is entirely professional and friendly to someone. She's just having a casual business right. conversation. She, you know, she occasionally is like, yeah, you know, let me tell you a little about me. And the, the movie revolves around this man's unhealthy obsession with her. Right, exactly. We're watching her be sexually harassed, basically, through this movie. Yeah, this is like a fatal attraction. If Michael Douglas and her hadn't had an affair at the beginning, that's what this is like. Just like, thanks for working at this soup kitchen with me. You're welcome. Kill a rabbit. <laughs> that would be a better movie. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we have to uh, we have to watch him familying for a while. So we cut over to the soccer game, right? Where the son is like, tie my shoes faster, fucktard. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first, son. Right. Um, and then the wife comes and reminds him uh, that he hasn't written his vows for the vow renewal. This is the second time this has come up. It's like four minutes into the movie. So yeah. this wife has had two lines. Both of them have been, write your vow renewals for yeah. me. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You write down how much you love me. <laughs> we need that for act three, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and then we go full fucking sermon. We're 11 minutes into this movie and it goes full fucking sermon. And wouldn't you know it, the guy's sermonizing about how you shouldn't want to fuck Brazilian chicks. Well, that appears to be all that this preacher ever talks about yes. for the full extent of this movie. <laughs> this preacher never talks about anything except not going after strange. I feel like <laughs> at some point they would have been like, hey, pastor, it's Christmas. Are you going to tell the Christmas story? <laughs> no. Even if you, even if she's just like walks by you, if you smell her hair, man, you're going straight to fucking hell. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, pastor. Straight to hell. All right. <laughs> 
Yeah, so this is how we're going to get sort of the theological justification for this movie's thesis is that we're going to remind you via this pastor repeatedly that even if you what, what what is the line if you look at a woman with lust you have already committed adultery with her in your heart right that's the biblical line that, that that's sort of going to undergird this entire fucking movie and again it's going to be served to you repeatedly by this pastor character which by the way if you're looking for crazy shit that jesus said that's a great selection i mean listen it's not as good as if he who would not serve me lay him down and cut his head off no i know it's just a story it's a weird fucking story to tell but anyways if you're looking for weird stuff when your christian friends are like well jesus didn't say anything about a gay marriage you can be like well you know what jesus did say looking at a lady is fucking her did he oh yes he did have you read your book no that's why i'm a christian oh of course i get it this is a good one to bring up at thanksgiving that's all i'm saying if someone asks you to say grace mention that this is the direct quote of christ (laughs) of nazareth also bitching about that fig tree man i mean you know that was completely uncalled for <laughs> so to be fair, I do scream at all the women who can't have babies in my neighborhood. That's my thing, so I don't know. <laughs> Notice you don't have any kids yet, Miss Bachman. Notice you don't have any fucking kids yet. Looks like someone's just asking to be caught on fire. Yeah, I was going to say, the fact that you don't kill her makes you more moral than Jesus at that point. Thank so- you. More moral <laughs> than Jesus, the Eli Bosnick story. Right. <laughs> Now, and, and then, of course, while he's sitting in church, we have to get little flash cuts to the Brazilian chick so that we can be reminded that she's sort of haunting his mind. And all yeah, I'm I saying... I wrote fantasizing in church because church is boring. Well, but but fantasizing about her fully dressed. I mean, this guy just does not know how to fantasize. That's going to come up later in this movie as well. Um, oh, now, here we go. The crazy... Again, I know I say this a lot, but if I ever oh, get crazy yes. billionaire money, I'm going <laughs> to intercut all of his fantasy scenes with what men would actually fantasize yes. about. <laughs> that will not be rated R, my friends. You're going to have to download that movie. I'm going to have to hire some very special actresses. Yeah, I, something tells me this actress is available. Yeah, exactly. And and then just so that we can kind of see that uh, you know he, his life is all fucked up, we also have to have the pastor come up to him and say, Hey, main character, I notice you haven't been churching much at the church, so, you know, church more. And he's like, Oh, yeah, keep me in into church more, pastor, but I'm not churching enough. Yeah, you're right. And then we go to, we cut to the him not listening to his wife scene. Right. I mean, that's kind of a thing that happens. I, the, the Christian movies and romantic movies, whatever, in, in general, make a big fucking deal out of this. But when you live with somebody for 20 fucking years, occasionally they're going to be talking to you and you're just going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, what the fuck were you saying? Yeah. Like, this is not you, the end of the goddamn world. That's just a thing that happens. Because you're around them all the fucking exactly. time. Right, exactly. If, if my fiance listened to me all the time, she would have stabbed me in the goddamn throat with a knitting needle. <laughs> She'd be standing over my bloodstained body being like, oh yeah? Are you gonna find their card? Are you gonna find their fucking card? You found their card? Is that the end of the story, Eli? Is that the end of this story too? You thought you weren't going to, but then you did because that's your job? Precisely. Sorry, I thought you <laughs> thought you were interested in my day. Nope, I just wanted you to say fine and then tell you that Tori's gonna break up with her boyfriend. That's what I wanted to tell you. <laughs> oh, let's ah, to a happy ukulele. <laughs> 
So and and also and also your wife or fiance at least has a a pleasant voice, you know. Um, yeah, like, my like this woman, like every time she started talking, I was just scratching a fucking chalkboard to drown out the sound. Right. Yeah, exactly. I try. I put needles in my scrotum to balance it out. I was like, oh, it's okay because these needles in my scrotum are so pleasant by comparison. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this woman's voice genuinely was painful to listen to in the movie. Yeah. Just a hard thing to hear. And hard to look at and all kinds of like, all kinds of reasons not to cast her. Yeah. Um, and it, now it, this is also the part of the movie where he sort of tells his wife about the Brazilian chick, but he doesn't tell her it's a woman. And that's the same as fucking. That's pretty much the same as fucking, guys. Yeah. Which, I mean, what is the well-behaved version of that? So, honey, what's going on? There's a representative from a Brazilian company. She is 5'6". She is a woman. That is all you need to know. We will no longer speak. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. Oh, oh, oh. And then this is, oh, this is super important. We learn at this uh, scene that two friends of theirs have just broken up because of infidelity, because yes. of marital infidelity. And the one of those friends is David White. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. He's really branching out. Now, I didn't realize that this was his first movie that he's either in or first movie he's directing. I think it's his is... first directorial. Uh, oh, so this is his first time directing. This is uh, this. He stretches his acting chops here a little bit, guys. <laughs> uh, get ready for uh, David... A.R. White's A-game, if you will. Oh, yes. He yeah. shows up for some silent Bob wisdom before it's all over, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then he goes to work with his secretary again, who's at her standing desk so that she can't fiddle the, so she can't play DJ Diddlesworth. Um, and she's like, hey, the bank called, uh, you're in terrible debt, which <laughs> this is like the eighth version We've heard of the you're in terrible debt because yes, we uh -huh. see him look at bills. We see him, you know, there's an airplane that flies outside the window that's got one of those big flags that says you're in terrible debt. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had a – this is the ninth part of foreshadowing that he's not doing well financially, which, by the way, I just want to take a moment to point out if you're playing Christian movie bingo – the main character's having money problems. Oh, Go ahead, Jesus. take a shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so she's like, hey, we're in terrible debt. The bank called. What should I tell them? And he goes, what do you think of my tie? Does it match my shirt? <laughs> well, right. And, and, and I guess what we're trying to say here is he's concerned with how he looks because he's going to see the Brazilian chick. But he keeps asking. He asks her like eight times if his tie matches his shirt. And he's wearing a white fucking shirt. Yeah, so like. Yes? All the You're... ties match your goddamn shirt, dude. That's it's how... white. That's not how matching works. No. no, that's not just a thing. He doesn't know that that's not a thing that people just say casually. Like, I guess my tie wetch my shirt. You're not wearing a tie or a shirt. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to keep jerking off in this Walmart bathroom. Sir, we're going to need you to come with us. Get your hands off me. You're not a real cop. <laughs> you can put a badge on you if you want to, but I know that thing's plastic. So... <laughs> So he goes into his office. The Brazilian chick is there. Her skirt is, uh, her dress is a little bit shorter this time. And I, and I thought that was a really funny element of the movie is that like the, um, the Brazilian chick, like every time you see her, she's dressed in a little bit less, but it's a Christian movie. So there's, you know, there, it's never going to be like truly immodest. It's right. just going to be inappropriate for the situation. Right. It, she, she wears a series of inappropriate outfits for whatever it is she's going to or doing, but she's never wearing something sexy enough that you're like, that's pretty good. But they do, they're like, look at that dress. It's just above her knee. And in the next scene, it's going to be 
an inch just and a half above higher. her knee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Although, although I have to admit, seeing that her outfit got shorter in this, I was looking forward to the end of the movie when she was just, oh, I'm sorry, I was just washing my clothes, and so I decided to come to your wedding completely naked. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Well, I was looking forward to that too, or at least thinking about that while this movie was going on. But Which like I said, you it was cheated on your wife. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everyone who watched this movie cheated on their wife with Miss Santos. And I just, this is not how wanting to fuck hot women goes. As someone who goes, listen, I can't speak from expertise on many things, but I can speak from a deep place of expertise on wanting to fuck hot women. And I don't turn into a cartoon fucking wolf. And that's like, <laughs> it's, which is weird because Christian movies are supposed to be strange because they don't know what things are. But Christian men, the people who wrote this do actually know what it's like to want to fuck other women. They I'm can't sure. pretend that this is a foreign experience. They're like, oh man, it's like that episode of South Park where they're all like, oh, wizard must be ter- making us all be in. It's like, oh man, I have no idea what it must be like to want to fuck other women, honey. I guess the characters probably just like spill hot boiling water down their pants <laughs> and accidentally run into rakes, right? That must be what it's like. Honey, you're looking at porn on your computer right now. No idea what it's like to want other women. <laughs> Right, so we get this awkward um, flirting scene where, she, oh, she just doesn't know what's fun to do in L.A. And he's like, oh, well, you could <laughs> this, these are his actual uh, top L.A. destinations that he, that he rattles off. You could go to Disneyland or the Hollywood Walk of Fame or O.J. Simpson's house. O.J. Simpson's house. <laughs> and I wrote, when was this movie made? It was made when last he was a year. Fir- when he was a football player, you wouldn't go see his house. Right. Now, now that he's, he's a murderer, <laughs> you especially don't want to go see his house. You know, he's there. He he didn't go to prison for that or anything. Right, exactly. <laughs> you especially, Brazilian lady, yeah, do not no, want to sure. go to his house. <laughs> so, and then she says something about, uh, are you offering to be my personal tour guide? And I'm just thinking about all the guys in the writer room getting excited about that one. Oh, nailed it. Oh, man, that's some good flirting right there. That's some good flirting. Which, by the way, had a moment of gut check for me, because, like, people come into New York all the time, and they're like, hey, show me around, and I'm like, am I fucking those people? (laughs) Oh, my God. You are. You are, sir. (laughs) Now, again, she's the accountant, so she's there to get financial reports, and she tells him that, like, seven different times. And he, and he has all the whole flirty thing and, and stares right. at her tits instead. And also has this crazy moment where she's like, so I need to go over these financial reports tomorrow. And he's like, no, nah, my son's got a soccer game. And she's like, and instead of being like, oh, I'm sorry, my business wants to buy your business. Can ooh miss the soccer game? Well, she's does, like, does your oh, kid never have mind. like an eight and a half hour soccer game? What is right, this? Yeah. Just a fucking Maybe we games can meet of after your soccer game for soccer? this? multi-million dollar business deal <laughs> no sorry no there's pre-soccer game then there's the soccer game then there's the post-soccer game wrap-up <laughs> you gotta get on espn i gotta draw some circles and some lines i, I, I can't do it. it eats up my whole day <laughs> takes me 45 minutes to tie my kids cleats i'm sorry I can't yeah, right. yes we've seen yeah exactly and then before she leaves she goes they're lovely by the way and i wrote in my notes your balls <laughs> 
but no, she meant his kids. And again, right. completely innocuous thing to say. They're lovely, yeah, lovely kids. You have some lovely kids, and the movie acts again. Okay, and and, and like I said, like she's saying, oh, "Can I get the financial reports?" And she's going, "Yeah." <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. at this point, I am just watching this guy subtly sexual her- sexually harass a foreigner. Yeah, I kept waiting for her character to go, that is not appropriate. Please just give me the numbers for the... I don't... Yeah. Go away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I talked to your secretary now. She was standing <laughs> there. She good. I like the secretary, too. She was <laughs> yeah. cute. I had yeah. a lot of thoughts about the secretary and the Brazilian chick together. Man, so we fucked so many people oh while my I God. this movie. <laughs> Everybody except for his wife, pretty oh, much. Oh, man, I get to update my sex list now, right? My body count? <laughs> That's great, because my body count's pretty low, so Thousands, I'm going to be like, hey, honey, uh, guess what? Now. You know how my body count's pretty low? Well, I watched a movie, which means I've had sex with 85 million people. <laughs> And now we're going to cut over to uh, to his bu- him and his buddy Ryan, who are uh, having lunch at the food truck where everyone in L.A. eats, apparently. Right. Well, so here – I have several problems with unemployed Mark Ruffalo, um, <laughs> which is who this, yes, <laughs> this marketing yes. character – this marketing guy is named Ryan. He's going to come back. But so here's the thing. First of all, there's no reason why you can't tell your partner that someone's hot. I talk to my fiancé all the time. I'll be like, look at that. And she'll be like, yeah, right, hot. That's it. That's it. End of the conversation. Over. I mentioned to my wife how hot the Brazilian chick in this movie was. Yeah. She looked up. I was going to say she looked up from her paperwork today while we were watching the movie and was like, oh, she's super hot. And then I was like, right. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. So the "Uh, I don't know, man, what it doesn't know, don't hurt him conversation is insane here. Right. I would understand it if it was like, did I fuck this person? And that person was giving that advice. I guess I would understand it. But and the fact that I'm attracted to another woman, if I was like, and I have something to tell you, I think Jennifer Aniston's pretty hot, like pre 1990s Jennifer Aniston. She'd be like, and? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my well, book. <laughs> and then you would probably react exactly like unemployed Mark Ruffalo uh, reacts, which is, you should see my shrink. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, but first we have the spider metaphor. Oh, right. Where yeah, he's exactly. like, listen, man, if your wife was asleep, you're going camping, right? She's got a spider on her. You don't tell her she's got a spider on her. And I'm like, yes, you fucking do. <laughs> that is, that is bad advice. That's not how spider bites work. What, you just let it crawl inside her mouth, make a small nest, and then when it goes out to get some food, then you slowly remove the nest and the eggs that have been planted therein. And that's the way to handle it. So I wrote a better metaphor would be imagine that you've been thinking about a spider on your wife's face should you scream look out there's a spider on your face (laughs) exactly this movie makes no fucking distinction between those two things though yeah so we get our no spider no bite wisdom and then he gives him the psychiatrist's card that's going to be important later that's going to lead to my favorite scene in the movie but not quite yet Oh, yes. Well, we have to point out when he gives him the psychiatrist card, he's like, hey, man, you need some meds. And it's like, and then we have the Paul goes, no, 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 I don't believe in that stuff. And I'm like, medicine? What do you don't (laughs) believe in? But don't worry, because that level of the movie, like that happens in a lot of movies. So I I sort of have learned to ignore that sort of bullshit like, and they're not real doctors because they talk to you first. Um (laughs) But I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna let that go. But we're we're gonna come back to that in in what is both of our favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it gets a lot worse. But first, we have to meet uh, blonde Kim Davis, who is um, the fucking plastic surgery victim's friend. 
Right. Yes. Uh, exactly. Who is there to deliver Southern old lady wisdom? And the first thing that we hear the, this lady talking about is how all this technology just makes our lives harder than it and doesn't make them any easier. And right. I'm like, bitch, go out and start washing your goddamn clothes on a washboard by the river and tell me all about how technology is making your life harder, you fucktard. You Not- anti-science fucktard. <laughs> Not only that, but she's talking about it while she uses a dishwasher. Right. A demonstrable example. <laughs> it's like, man, all this technology makes all lives harder. Push a button, washes an entire load of dishes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's just too hard. Starts a laundry machine that doesn't have to be washed by hands anymore. It's just so hard to get people. Sends an email that would have to be carried by a horse across the country for seven <laughs> days and seven nights. You know, Fails to have died from polio. Yeah. Right, exactly. I miss the rickets. <laughs> it's just a movie opportunity to promote bad ideas. I guess, yeah. As long as it's a bad idea, it belongs in a Christian movie. So, yeah, as I realize that we're watching old lady porn once again, uh, we flash back to him telling this story on the plane so that we can be reminded that this is all backstory. Oh, oh right. This is a story being told on a plane. Good. Good. Don't want to forget. Don't forget. This is a, it's really important. This is being told on a plane. Is it important? No, no, it's not. But the movie really wants you to remember it's being told on a plane because they rented the plane set and they're not just going to use 15 minutes of it. <laughs> no, no, they're going to get as much as they can. Out get of that. their money's worth. So the, the Brazilian guy that he's talking to is like, well, why did you not just give her the financial reports? Which like the guy actually would have said, okay, are we done with this story? Because, um, you know, you've been talking for a long time. It's night now. Uh, and in your story so far, nothing has happened except for that you've sexually harassed uh, a woman. Oh, don't worry, man. I'm getting to the good part because I'm gonna I'm gonna follow her to her hotel room. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I don't. I want to change my seat. I change change my. I push. I the don't have to be way. in first class anymore. I, I just. Yeah, I, I, I realize now. I want to give my seat to that soldier who came on who's in coach. Now I changed my mind. I, I do good things for him. He's used to seeing messed up shit. He can come up here and listen to the rest of your story. Right? So then we He got... had an Arab guy's toe on a keychain. He's probably more prepared for this than me. <laughs> That's what guys do, right? I don't know. No. So, so now we cut back to her going over the financials. Looks like all the financials are in order. Right. And you can tell they've done late night business business because Chinese food business business. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which I I hate to again, as someone who has escaped the corporate world, I hate to be that guy, but I have never had a late night meeting with Chinese food. Whenever there's a late night meeting, everyone doesn't eat. Everyone just sits there getting hungrier and hungrier and angrier and angrier because if you suggest food, it means everyone's going to be there for longer. Right. So everyone yes. just sits there starving to death while you fantasize about the Cliff Bar in your jacket pocket. <laughs> Which, according to this movie, I fucked, by the way. I made sweet, sweet <laughs> love to that cliff bar. But it's a movie trope, so yeah, they got Chinese right. food. Right, Chinese food in a movie either means we're working late or I'm single, right. if it's in the fridge. And they have, again, super inappropriate conversation where she's just like, oh, you know, I don't really trust men. And he's like, I want to put my penis in you. And right, uh, yeah, she's exactly. like, see, this is why. This is why I don't really trust men, because they act like you. I have I have some problems trusting men. Show me your titties. <laughs> well, she even Anyways. says at one point, she says, uh, I want to know what you're thinking right now. I was like, no, honey, you never want to know what a man you're talking to is thinking. Yeah, uh, never. 
Never. Ever, ever. You don't want to know. No, men don't want to know what men are thinking. No, <laughs> no one wants to know what anyone else is thinking. No one's ever been like, I'm so glad I found out what my thing is thinking. They're like, well, you should cover your apartment in plastic wrap. You're gross. <laughs> You're the grossest person I've ever met. I shook your hand. I'm going to cut my hand off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If there were true psychics in the world, that would uh, would not be a pleasant power. Right, exactly. You know, that's how we know when we find out a true skeptic, it's not because Randy's going to show it on on the Tam stage. He's going to be the guy running down the streets going, Jesus, think about something other than fucking people. Right? Anybody. <laughs> Is anybody oh, thinking about anything but... <laughs> Why are so many of you into pee? <laughs> What's the matter with you? Oh, I want the genie back. Why did I use this as my third wish? What a terrible third wish. So then we get him waking up with his sobriety hangover or whatever he got from working so late. And wouldn't you know it, he missed the fucking soccer game, that he miserable piece of the shit. Soccer game. He's in the middle of a multi-million dollar deal with his company and missed the goddamn soccer game. Christians don't miss soccer games, guys. <laughs> Apparently, the yeah. Okay, uh, by the way, Christian movie bingo: missing the big blank that your child is doing. Yeah, yeah right. Punch right. your card and have a shot. You're already <laughs> super drunk, so <laughs> send send us a picture of your tits, people, men, women, everybody. This is equal opportunity, by the way. You can all send us a picture of your tits. I'm gonna but do see, it to Noah. I'm gonna, yeah, Noah. exactly, exactly. That's gonna <laughs> happen, you bastard. Um, so yeah, so he's on, uh, the wife calls and she's like, "You missed the fucking soccer game. What the hell's wrong with you?" And he's like, "Oh, I was with Julia." And she's like, "Who's this Julia bitch?" Right. Like, you didn't tell me she was a woman, which in every other movie would be like, "Oh yeah." No, I didn't mention that. Okay. Well, there was a fifty-one cool. percent chance when I said there was a person <laughs> that it was going to be a woman, but yeah, yeah. And then right. we cut to like he's back at work now and he's he's getting ready for his his big meeting with uh the Brazilian chick again. So he well he talks to his friend and he's like, "Hey man, I got that report on Jericho." And the guy's like, "Oh, that's total nonsense." He's like, "That's okay. I'll show up to the meeting an hour early." Which by the way, as a former server, he turns to the waiter and he's like, "I'm meeting someone in an hour." Oh, yeah, right. I would have been like, "Oh, do you want to get up from my fucking table exactly. so I can get some goddamn money, man? <laughs> if you want to sit at that table for an hour, you better prepare to eat Four dinners, motherfucker. <laughs> or at least tip for four of them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Complete dick move. It, as soon as he said that, I, I was, I, I figured the waiter would say, oh, would, would you like to sit outside on one of the many lovely benches that the city provides for people like you? Yeah, would you like to go anywhere else? Perhaps go see a full-length feature film <laughs> right. and then come back and meet the person who you're meeting an hour from now. But not only is he an hour early, she is an hour early. Well, or is she? But yes, yes. So she shows up wearing even less clothes, and I'm thinking to myself, God, I hope she's in nothing but a tampon by the end of it. But again, Christian movie. Um, so yeah, she shows up, and, and she's in a, a sexy little black dress, and he's, and he hands it, uh, the report to her. He's like, I'm not sure if this report is bullshit or not, but here you go, sexy lady. Right. And she's like, don't worry, I trust you. And she touches his hand, and I wrote in my notes, okay. Some hand touching. This is some touching, and this I get it. It's kind of romantic, and I, I understand how this would cross lines. And at this point in the movie, it's like she's showing interest in having sex with him. Yes, exactly. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. This is a beginning of an affair. The beginning was early flirting. It didn't make a ton of sense, but obviously, there's an attraction here, and they're gonna 
and they're gonna like there's gonna kiss or something's gonna happen. But no, no, this movie delivers the single-handed most go fuck yourself moment I think we've seen in any of the movies so far because that has just been a fantasy. He's fantasizing about having a boring business conversation with her. Yes. Right. And her touching his hand so much so <laughs> that he spills water into his lap. Because he's leaning all- forward to like what live out this fantasy in real right. life. Hold, yes. Live out the fantasy. I'm glad he wasn't fantasizing about something else. Yeah, right. That's a fucking shot that we didn't want. The waiter walks over and he's just humping the table. <laughs> Who's daddy's little girl? <laughs> Put your hair into pigtails so I got something to hold on to. Sir, that is the bread basket. Not anymore, it's not. Not inside Paul's noggin. So then she shows up. She is not wearing a black dress. They did Mm -mm. not hold hands. No. Go fuck yourself. There was no actual hand touching. And this is right, by the way, when she, she's like, oh, so, uh, I need that report pretty soon because I'm going back to Brazil. And he's like, you're leaving already? And she's like, and she has a perfectly normal reaction to that, which is, yeah, I live yeah, there. <laughs> what? Why would I not go back to Brazil? And he's like, oh, no reason. Just maybe we're in love with each other. <laughs> what? Sorry, what? No, Nothing, no, no, just, no, 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 no. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Why does that bread basket have pigtails on? No, no reason. Just... Oh, it's crazy. How did this so... bread basket get pigtails? <laughs> Stay and marry me. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So quick before we get to that, he goes to the psychiatrist and... Oh, this is the greatest scene in the movie. I love this psychiatrist. This guy, like, okay, first of all, now everything that happens in this scene is just disgusting on a deep, deep gut level to anyone who, like, knows how psychiatry works and knows that, you know, it's already pretty maligned in the natural, in the, in, in the sort of the, you know, cultural perception, you know. Right. And isn't it nice that this scene crosses the borders of Christianity, that we get to pass right over the lines of Christian and atheist into just general anti-science woo-woo. I just fucking Scientology at a certain point. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Psychiatrists aren't doctors because they're just going to give you pills. You know, we, and this is the thing. Let's, well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this scene. So he gets in to this. Let's talk about the scene, and then I can then I can be angry about it. Okay. Okay. So basically, I, the the psychiatrist's opening line is, uh, "So what do you want? Some Prozac? You want some Adderall? How much you want? How much you want? You want? Do I hear? Do I hear Adderall? Do I hear Adderall? Right. Adderall going once." He says, what medications are you on? He goes, oh, none. And he goes, well, you came to the right place. Yeah. All we're going to do is give you pills. And by the way, just to point out, so I have family members who would not be alive if it weren't for medication. There's a good chance that I might not be alive if it weren't for medication. So there's nothing more fucking insulting to me. And again, this crossed the line. There's nothing more insulting to me than that, like, psh, they're just going to give you pills, you know? Right. Because they can't really fix the problem which is such a such a bullshit stupid thing to say you would never shoot this scene with a knock another doctor no one would ever come into a scene with a doctor with a broken arm and be like so you want a cast you want a cast huh who needs a cast who needs a cast yeah right they're just gonna throw a cast on it if it's broken (laughs) yeah they're gonna fucking throw a cast on it if it's broken and it's a goddamn miracle because 200 years ago they would have been like you're a lunatic quick wrap him in rubber and throw him in a padded room (laughs) right right 
exactly. spoiled Be- brat society. People piece have of shit. this kind of bullshit attitude. Yes, exactly. Uh, right, exactly. And the fact that people don't if the fact that people don't trust medication and don't trust therapists, it's just why we have such a huge mental health problem in the United States. Therapists are there to fucking help you, just like normal doctors. If people thought of them as normal doctors, we wouldn't wouldn't have huge amounts of fucking suicide, veteran suicide in this country, because it's like, oh buckle it up, don't think about all the hard times you had in the fucking war. You can just squeeze your ass cheeks together. Did you try reading the Bible yet? Here, come into this underfunded VA home with one therapist who has to see ninety seven people away. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. So So that's this scene. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and now I, I but the thing is, now here's the fucked up thing. Because this is some bizarro, weird Christian movie, that's, they're clearly sending that message. We're trying to send that message. They're clearly trying to send the message that psychiatrists are no good. All they're going to do is give you drugs. Ignore them. Mental illness is the kind of thing. You know, you can just, uh, you can just think your way out of that fucking need right, for exactly. fucking Have insulin. Have you tried thinking hard enough? Because that'll cure your disease. That'll cure your mumps. Yeah, exactly. Right. I right. just I want in one movie. I just want a normal doctor to be treated the way they treat therapists in these kinds of movies. No shit. Just like oh, so you've got a pretty bad bacterial infection. I'm going to give you a Z pack. No thanks, doc. I've got the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, you need a Z-Pack. Oh, yeah, you're probably yeah, pro- right, pro- I do. Probably do. But- I forgot you went to school for this, and I'm <laughs> not. <laughs> but see, but here's the thing, though. Even though they, they very, very clearly are sending that message at the beginning and at the very end of this scene, which is phenomenal, but oh all God. the way through the middle, the psychiatrist is just giving this guy really reasonable advice, and he's the only person in the movie who's giving him reasonable advice. Oh, yes. This is the second movie. This and Heaven is for Real both have psychiatrist characters who talk like Bond villains but are saying perfectly normal, reasonable advice. Right. So he goes in and he's like, "Um, I'm attracted to a woman I work with. She's attractive. And I'm married. And the therapist is like, so how long have you been having an affair? And he's like, oh, Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I just like her. And he's like, are you you sending dick pics or just like, it, literally, he's like, ah, oh, some racy text is what's going on here. And he's like, no, 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 nothing. She, she doesn't, he even says, I don't think she knows that I'm attracted to her. Right. And, and the, the therapist is justifiably baffled by this right. conversation. He's like, he's like, you know, I could be, I don't understand someone who's sick right now. If, cause that's right. what I do. If, if, if I wasn't a- pissing away my time with you, you, you know, I'm a doctor, right? It's like going in and being like, I don't know. I, I was thinking the other day about, Maybe having pneumonia. Do you have pneumonia? No. <laughs> but I was thinking about it. Yeah, you can it. leave. You know I'm a doctor, right? I went to school, took tests. I'm not just a guy. You're but, looking for a guy. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Somebody at the bar could probably help you here. Um, but now, uh, but, but I should point out again. This is not how therapy works. Okay, so if you walk into a therapist and you say, I'm, you know, I'm attracted to this attractive woman who doesn't know I'm attracted to her, he's not going to go, your problems are petty. He's going to try to, he's going to say, okay, well, obviously, you know, there's something going on or you wouldn't be here. Um, I'm sure there's more to it than that. Let's talk about this enormous amount of anxiety you have from all of these bills that you haven't paid or whatever. You know, he would talk to you long enough to figure out what was actually going on. He wouldn't just be like, oh, that's not really a problem. Uh, right, go exactly. away. You seem to me to be a whiny bitch. Good therapying, therapist. Good therapying. At which point he goes, he brings up the Bible, yes. and the therapist, because he's a therapist, goes, oh, the Bible? 
<laughs> I wipe my ass with your petty Bible. You silly fool. Oh, I didn't realize you were religious. That's what keeps me in business. Man, <laughs> no shit. Uh, so, yeah, so then I think, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I went back and listened to just make sure, but I think he suggests that the main character consider maybe a three-way with the Brazilian yeah. chick and his wife. Is that what he was actually suggesting? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which, by the way, yeah, well, he says, you know, tell your wife about it because she might find it exciting. Which, by the way, I love that this movie had to take a little dig at open relationships and polyamory. Mm. Just like, you know how fucking crazy non-Christians are? They think that you can fuck multiple people and be happy. <laughs> Swaths of people fucking multiple people and being happy. But, you know... Try looking at her body if she doesn't want to fuck you. Try, try looking at her body. Just fuck, don't look at her face because that's, that's the part of her that's crying. That's the advice that Christians give you. Yes, it is. As we learned on this week in misogyny last week. Um, which by the way, we have this great moment. Now, someone who wrote this movie obviously saw an actual therapist at one point and talked about guilt and religious guilt. Mm-hmm. And because the therapist says something that they say in therapy all the time, which is wrong is not a word we use here. Now, what what this movie translate that to mean is there is no wrong. Right. right. Like the therapist doesn't believe in wrong and no, right. No, he's not saying it because that would be a destructive and, and or a, a nonproductive way to label the situation, but because there exists no morality in his Bibleless right. world. Right, exactly. There is no wrong. Murder spree! <laughs> My wife walks back into the room at this point, looks at the psychiatrist guy, and she goes, is that is he the devil? <laughs> I mean, basically, <laughs> in this movie. Pretty much. He's science personified, so yes, he's the devil in this movie. So, yeah, basically his advice is go rape her main character guy. Go rape her. Yeah, exactly, because there is no wrong. Want some pills before you leave? They're next <laughs> yeah, to the exactly. M&Ms in the bowl on your right. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a handful. I don't even know what's in there anymore. Aspirin, Xanax, Prozac. Go, go fucking crazy. Just grind it up and snort it. Have a good Friday. <laughs> so now uh, we go back to the office here because he doesn't go on a murder spree now that he knows that there is no wrong, apparently. Or maybe he does and the movie just ignores it. It ignores a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And we learn that... Basically, I guess he's torpedoing his own company so that the Brazilian chick won't go home. Yeah, he's he's basically like, so I've decided to release this uh, this cybersecurity that got hacked the other day. I'm going to release it on Monday. And he's like, hey, man, we can't do that. It doesn't work. And he's like, but she's going to go back to Brazil yes. and she's not going to keep talking to me over Chinese food. Which, by the way, doesn't matter because she doesn't stay anyways. No, but that's fine. No. She's not going to stay. So I'm going to put on a I'm going to risk our entire company. And he's like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll get some resumes out. Excellent. Right. He goes, so then he goes into the computer room Mm -hmm. and talks to like the, one of the guys who built the system and he's like, Hey, can you get this computer system ready by Monday morning? And the guy's like, No. No. Not even close. And he's like, Great. Monday morning, nine (laughs) o'clock. Well, he doesn't say what time because that's a secret as we'll find right, out at later. At which point we learn that the security breach is coming from inside the company. <laughs> yeah, there's a rat in the house. So it's right. just like Reservoir Dogs now. Yeah, exactly. And now we get what's just kind of subtly this – well, we we come back to this so it's, it's creepier next time. But it's this incredibly creepy moment uh, where he goes to the hotel that, that – 
Julia, the, the Brazilian chick, is staying at, but he runs into David A.R. White, who enters the film at this point. Uh, and this, of course, was the friend that was, you know, with the uh, other friend couple that split up because of an affair, as far as we know at this point. Yeah. And David A.R. White, again, he's, a- he's acting as, cause he's sad. Cause, and we learned that he didn't have the, we've been assuming throughout the movie that he had the affair, but actually his wife had the affair. Well, sort of, yes, uh huh. Kind of, sort of, not actually, but, but she kind of had the, kind of, yeah, so, sort uh, of. he basically says she f- had an affair by meeting someone on the internet that she's never met in person. She met someone on an internet chat room. Uh-huh, about investing. Yeah, about so she, investing. So she fell in love with a Nigerian prince. <laughs> she got in her time machine. Yeah, she went, went back, back to, to chat rooms, chat rooms yeah, for exactly. a thing. <laughs> and then she fell in love there. <laughs> she fucked Marty McFly's mom. Yeah, and this is where the movie really lays down its thesis. Um, they go to have coffee together, the main character and David A.R. White. And David A.R. White's character defines the term emotional adultery. Yeah. This is a new one for me, which is basically what you call it when um, your your spouse or significant other connects emotionally to other people. That's all I could fucking get from it. Yeah, because he's like, you know, at first they just talked about normal things, but then they shared other stuff like doubts, fears, hopes, and dreams, things that should be exclusive to a marriage. Right. And I was like, what? So what? You can't have friends? You can't have friends. That's the that's message of this movie. Exactly, exactly. Unless you're Just related keep it to, the to them. the fucking weather unless that person's got the same genitals as you. <laughs> I guess. Which is like, like, oh, you know, well, pe- people wouldn't stop drowning, so we just had to get rid of all the water. Like, right. <laughs> because he, he says, like, he's going like, uh, well, you know, it just starts with normal talking and then it leads to an affair. And I'm like, well, but not all the time because sometimes it's just talking. Right. So, yes, the the message of this movie, I guess, is lock your wife in the fucking basement. Which is ironic because what a great way to convince your wife to have an affair. No shit. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I need you not to talk to anyone about your emotions but me. Okay, cool. I'm going to go fuck the mailman. Yeah, that's fine. Just like no emotion shit. Like, just don't, <laughs> you're not going to tell him about your hopes and dreams, right? No, no, we Oops. do it doggy style. It's fine. He barely sees my face. All right, great. <laughs> I'm off to Brazil to go chase this woman who I have pictures of on my phone. Bye bye. <laughs> well, and the main character has this brief moment of sanity that sneaks in where like David A.R. White saying, you know, yeah, I left her because she was emotionally connecting to a guy on the internet. And he's going like, okay, but how is that an affair? And the character saying, hey, well, you know, it's emotional and we're supposed to share. Our-. And I'm like, and I'm screaming at the TV. No, it's not. That's, let's just, no. let's just settle on that, guys, can't we? Yeah, that is not an affair. That yeah. is not. <laughs> How is that an affair? Oh, it's not, but I'm going to keep talking anyways. Which, by the way, speaking of keep talking, there's a fantastic moment towards the end where he's like, well, I should go. And he's like, you know what the worst part is? And the character's like, oh, all right, I, well. I, you ignored the I gotta go part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to slowly sneak away. Just, oh, forgot my book. Oh, and I love yeah. the, I love the, oh, by the way, that he, um, that he throws in there, which is, you know, we had a really good marriage. Imagine what would happen if someone had a 
bad marriage. Oh. It's all ominous and shit. And then he gets the fuck out of there. And again, like you should, if, if like, if you and I were talking and you were telling me, well, you know, I just, I don't know, you know, problems with Anna, I'd say, oh, hey, let's have coffee and shit. And if you said, well, yeah, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, when we go to the store, you know, she seems like to, to smile at the uh, guy at the cash register. I'd be like, okay, I gotta go. Yeah, I guess I gotta, shit to do oh, that's more important than this. You, um, you, you said that I, I need you to have real problems when we have these kind of talks, <laughs> exactly. man. I don't know, man. It's just like the other day, Anna was telling me that she like was talking to this guy in the line at Subway and like they both had a foot long on wheat, you know? So like, I mean, should I send her divorce papers? Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, guys, for this next week, I'm going to treat my fiance like this movie's ideas propose. So just whenever she likes, whenever someone's like, what floor are you going to? I'm like, oh, you might as well just get balls deep in my fiance, bro. <laughs> just whip it out just... right in front of me. Really? I'm standing right here, Anna. We go out to have dinner with some friends and they're like, oh, Anna, can I have some of your tapas? I'm going to be like, oh, really? Just put your tongue in her mouth, man. Just put your fucking tongue in her mouth. Why don't we just stop beating around the bush? <laughs> All right, and then, okay, so now we go back to the office where we're subtly reminded that there actually is real shit going on around this movie. It's just that the movie's ignoring it because his wife has shown up at the office. He's very disappointed because when they when he realizes there's a woman in his office, he's hoping it's the Brazilian chick, not the women woman that he actually has sex with. Um, right. But she's there because she found the bills. They just repossessed his fucking car. They're in horrible debt, and he hasn't told her about it. Now, that... That's the kind of stuff that ruins marriages, guys. Not I fucking Brazilian chicks when your wife's not around. Right, exactly. And if you're wondering if the character cares about the fact that her husband was in crippling debt and didn't tell her about it, not at all. Does she care about the fact that he has a question on another weighty? Yes, that is yeah. the last quarter of this fucking movie. <laughs> Oh my fucking god. At which point god. we do move the, uh, the Josh, J Josh 620 thing forward because Ryan, the, uh, unemployed Mark Ruffalo, mm -hmm. uh, comes in and, uh, is very clearly snooping around to find out how he can hack into the system. Cause oh yeah, yeah. He's not the hacker, but he has been helping the hacker. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and, and he asks what time the launch is the next day, and the guy's like, hey man, that's, that's need to know basis. I can't tell you that. Cause that's like, how hacking works, guys. Yeah, you exactly. You find out the exact time they're gonna turn on their computer, and then you're like, hack! At the same time, it's like, uh, it's like one of those lineup porn games where you gotta get the thing, gotta get the bar in the right place, and you're like, ah, fucker! Yeah, good, good. Click. <laughs> So, yeah, That's so he walks up to the guy who is the lead programmer for the security company and says, hey, you want to violate security procedures and tell me what time this thing is? And the guy's like, no, it's security procedures. He's like, oh, come on. And he goes, hook a brother. Come on. Don't goes, do oh, your job. Well, yeah, all right. Do well, the I, thing that isn't your job. And he's like, all right. Yeah, okay. I guess, well, now that you put it like that. He might as well have tickled the Internet passwords out of him. Okay. Okay. Okay, stop, it's Red stop, Dog 87. Red Dog 87. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, you've got the NORAD missile plans now, so you... 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 Oh, fucker. Um, so... <laughs> So then we go back to once again him sleeping in too late. This time he's missing church, so you know it's all gone to hell. But this, and you've already alluded to this, but this is the first time that we see that he has pictures 
of the Brazilian chick, like face shots, like like you know, headshots. headshots. He has her headshots. Yeah, exactly. he has very clearly this actress's headshots yes. on his phone. Yes, it has everything except like he might as well have the eight by tens. If he had swiped to the next thing and it was her resume, he would have been like, yeah, she can be in this movie. I guess so. <laughs> and this is the point where I wrote in my in my notes. Okay, he is very clearly a stalker at this point. We are yes, watching this the stalker is not an movie. affair. This is stalking. Yes. And a problem in relationships, by the way. Stalking another woman is problems in your relationship. Right, right, exactly, exactly. But again, the movie's not going to explore any of that. So um, so now we go to church where, once again, the fucking pastor is talking about how you shouldn't I-fuck Brazilian women. We're 52 minutes in, by the way. This is sermon number two. Yeah. Um, and what? And I love, among the many lines that the pastor gives, is he's like, one of the problems is that we try to rationalize. Let's not do that. And I'm like, there. well, there's Christianity in a nutshell right there. Right. <laughs> he wasn't actually, that was taken from an earlier thing where he was just talking about the walking on water thing. He was yeah. like, well, you guys, we try to rationalize, can a person support themselves on water? Let's not, let's not try this to do whole that. religion's let's... not going to work out for you with if the you... whole rationalization <laughs> thing, people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and he also says, you need to daydream about your spouse. And, right. and I, I wrote fucking the Brazilian chick. Yeah, I'm way ahead of you, preacher. I was, I've been doing that for half this fucking movie, but that's right. not what he meant. He says, think about your wedding vows. I wrote, jerk off to your wedding vows. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> At which point, so Anna watches all of these with me, and I was like, so I'm going to jerk off to our wedding vows. And she said, that's going to be weird because I'm probably going to cry at our wedding. So that's going to be a weird thing for me to jerk off and cry at the same time. And I said, it's not going to be weird for no. me. <laughs> it's going to be business as usual. In fact, if I know you're crying, it makes it quicker. That's just a... <laughs> Well, while we chew on that uh, frightening admission, we're going to take a quick break for the sake of our collective sanity. So let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will the wife find a skeleton that fits on her skin? Will the Brazilian chick take out a restraining order on main character man? Will this callous bastard miss another soccer game? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the exciting conclusion of Redeemed. All right, everybody, settle down. I want to call together this first meeting of the Grey Hats. Now, obviously, of course, we're called the Grey Hats because we're neither good nor evil. Uh, so does anybody have any new business? Uh, I, I do. Oh, yes, Beige 111. What have you been up to, my friend? Well, I hacked the New York Stock Exchange uh -huh. and changed the font. Oh, right on. How ambivalent of you. Excellent. Anybody else? Ooh, ooh, I've got something. I've got something. Oh, meh, four thirty-two. Something, something more from you. You have after you leaked all those naked pictures of those porn stars. Uh, much more. I've completely disabled the Bing server. People will be helpless without it. Oh, fantastic! Well, gentlemen, now that business is out of the way, there. Please help yourself to some dried fruit and zima at the back. I also brought devil dogs. And we're back. When we last saw our hero, he was about to commit fraud. His company was falling apart around him, and Kmart just showed up to repo his undergarments. Yet, despite all that, we're focused on the fact that he kind of wants to still fuck the Brazilian liaison, or hold her hand, or fantasize about that, or whatever. So, in an effort to keep her in the country, he's decided to show everybody how awesome the software that doesn't work at his big 938 meeting. Right, exactly. And not only that, but the bank has showed up. 
yeah. bank that repoed his car mm-hmm. showed up and he's like, what are they doing here? And then good, good idea guy is like, well, they've got a lot invested in this. And it's like, the bank doesn't just get to come to a cybersecurity demonstration because <laughs> you owe the money. No. That's not, hey, I'm Tony G from Tony's Tires. Uh, he also owes me $300. So I'm also <laughs> here to see this cybersecurity demonstration. So, uh, so then they fire up Jericho, this, uh, this security software. And I, okay, so it, it occurs to me as we get to this point of the movie that I'm like, okay, I don't know how you would demonstrate security software, right. really, in a demonstration. But that is not something that's occurred to anyone in this movie at all. You know, like apparently he's just supposed to turn on his software and the fact that it doesn't get hacked is going to be proof that it works. Right, exactly. See? 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 Nobody, on. nobody breaking into this shit. Look at this. <laughs> So, but unfortunately it all goes wrong because it does get hacked, but I, I just, I would love to see it going right. You know, look at nothing happening, guys. But then he gets, they get hacked. And here's, in case you're wondering how, what happens when you get hacked, in case that's just a term that you hear and uh, you're not familiar with it, what, what, what that means in computer terms is that suddenly a cartoon whack-a-mole appears on your a fully animated cartoon whack-a-mole yes exactly first the hacker goes to korea south korea (laughs) he pays some animators to create a 10 to 30 second animation of whack-a-mole whack-a-hack yes (laughs) then he buys that animation then he hacks into your system and then uploads a video which you stream without permission. I guess, yes. This is like, this is the dateline version of what hackers do. <laughs> Could hackers be turning on your web camera without you knowing about it? Could hackers be making you punch yourself? Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. This week on Dateline. Right, so it's... No, so it's a terrible disaster and everybody starts walking out and laughing at him. Um, and even Julia walks out on him. Even yeah. Miss Santos doesn't want to be around his failure ass anymore, which is when we jump into a weird vanilla sky kind of artsy right. devil's advocate. Weird, yeah, it's a- <laughs> walking down Broadway with no cars on it. Well, I, and I, I love it because he's walking down the street and there's cars and then it's supposed to suddenly flash to the streets empty and there are no cars, but they didn't have the money to like, you know, like block off a street exactly. the way the devil's advocate did. So exactly. he just, they obviously just oh. waited for a red light yes. and they were like, go. There's there's still cars like in the background and shit. They're just not on these three blocks. There's a hot dog vendor on the corner like, you guys are blocking stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, so he runs around in the sort of empty or as empty as they could find streets yelling, Julia! And, again, his company is in the shitter. He owes a ton of money to everyone. His main product does not work, and his problem is that the Brazilian chick he likes eye-fucking is going to leave. You have pictures of her on your phone now. Right. You're good. Yeah. You, You can just beat off to those. You can have an affair with those by the standards of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Have a, have a full on affair, man. <laughs> uh, but, but don't worry, cause that, that devil's advocate vanilla sky moment didn't actually happen. No. That was yet another dream fantasy dream. Because then his porcupine, shaved porcupine looking <laughs> wife wakes him up and he has been saying her name in his sleep. Yes, he's been saying Julia in his sleep because that's how life works. Right, exactly. <sighs> 
All we needed was for him to say Julia in his sleep and then gasp himself into an upright citizen right. sitting position yeah. in this scene would have given Noah a heart attack. Exactly. And then he would have had to f- fix a fucking or dismantle a bomb with a giant timer on it and we'd have been right. all set. Um, Cut the blue wire. <laughs> what? That's not how. Why would they put supply. a goddamn timer on the bomb, guys? Why so would they put a giant know. digital fucking anyway? So, so you know, I'm going to put all my timers on my bombs, guys. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, of course. But. But off by four minutes. Oh, hells yeah. They never think about <laughs> So that about- they're like, quick, go get the man. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Should I cut the blue wire or the doesn't matter? Um, <laughs> so uh, so then she's like, he's like, Julia, Julia, and his wife wakes him up. Who's Julia? You're screaming about her in your, in your sleep. And he says, let me let you, or let me explain. And she says, I will not let you explain. I'm like, okay, well, that's not very productive. Yeah, exactly. He just, he just said he was gonna, but she. And she's yeah. like, "Why do you have pictures of her on your cell phone?" And that's I'm like, a great question. Be- <laughs> right, that's a great question. <laughs> that is, why do you have this woman's headshots on your cell phone? Why does she have headshots? She's a security expert. Why yeah. do you have them on your cell phone? That's the order of questions I have. I guess he went to her Facebook page or something. But then he goes, "Look, I never touched the woman," and she's and his wife says, "It doesn't make much of a difference, does it?" And I'm like, "Yes." Yes, it very much does. It really does. It does to everyone else in the world. Yeah, because like well, she you might as well the fuck her, Paul. I, I guess that's that. That's the fucking message. I don't. I guess they think that's not the message that they're sending, but they're sending the message that well, you know, this unconscious thing that you can't control is the same as fucking her. So you might as well fuck her. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, the message uh, of this movie. At, well, but then at this at this um at this point, then he's he's like trying to explain things to her. And he goes, "Oh, come on, Julia," which isn't her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and now to be fair, I I've forgotten the wife's name too. I I don't remember. Uh, oh, my but, fiance remembers my name one out of eight times she wants my attention. <laughs> I am usually Chris, her best friend, her brother, and I would say one out of eight times I'm me. Yeah, right, right, exactly. I've accidentally called my wife by my little sister's name uh here and there. I mean, I, I guess I have Listen, there's only one place you're not too. allowed to call the wrong name. We all know that. Listen, there's only two of us in the house. She shouts a name, I'm coming. All right? <laughs> Greg, all right. Well, she probably wants me. Yeah, exactly. What's up? Oh, I'm sorry, Eli. I know you know my name. What do you want? <laughs> Bring me some juice. So apparently... <laughs> This yelling her name in, in in his sleep was was too much. So from this time, from this point on, he's going to go stay in a hotel since they have all this extra money to spend for him to stay in hotels. Hotels. Yeah. So now we cut over to okay. So he's gone and everything's all fucked up or whatever. Um. So now we've got uh, the scene where the wife is talking to blonde Kim Davis again, and it starts off with her saying, you know, maybe I'm overthinking this, and I'm like, no, 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 you've never overthought anything in your life, you're just thinking about it wrong. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, maybe I've just put too much thought into this. <laughs> no. Is words and thoughts magic? Mm-hmm, honey. <laughs> yes. Super magic. <laughs> and then her friend, it's like a who-can-be-stupider contest in this scene, because her friend's like, the experts might have a fancy word for it, but I call it burka dirk dirk I made a poop worms. <laughs> that sounds like infidelity to me. Now I reckon that damn dictionary will tell you infidelity means something different. But it But don't. that modern technology of books on paper just a little <laughs> bit too fancy for me. <laughs> And so then we get this long, that's what's so wrong with our generation now speech from yes. the fucking... What's, uh. what's wrong with her generation is harmless flirtation. 
clearly. God, billionaire version of this movie just has a flash cut to bombed out Iraq and some kid like holding a severed hand being like, I actually disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Fancy Uh, cell phones. I I just, I so look forward to you getting billionaire money. Um, Uh, Me too. So now this is. This is an actual line from the movie, and I had to go back to make sure I was getting this right, um, that it was actually the writers that fucked this up, not my ears. But this is an actual quote from this speech that the fat uh, southern friend is given to the, to the uh, wife. She says, Satan loses a major battle, loses a major battle, when we stop asking what's wrong with certain choices and start asking what's right with them. Try to get some kind of, like, substance out of that sentence. I'll give you a second. Yeah, I have no idea what that... I wrote in my... No, I wrote, I have no idea what that means. She looks like Steve Buscemi in a wig. <laughs> that's, that's what I had. I was like, okay, I'm going to take that moment of nonsense to reflect on more things these people look like. Oh, and by the way, this should be enough to give you the bingo on Christian movie bingo, because the wife says, what do I do? And the friend says, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Bingo! Do zero things. Do nothing. Read a book and talk to your imaginary friend in the sky and it'll all be okay. Right. So now we cut to the, I I think, the most creepy of the stalker scenes. He's gone back to the hotel now to see the Brazilian chick and she's left and he's browbeating the desk clerk. Oh, he grabs the desk yes. clerk and he, he's about to fucking waterboard him for whether or not she <laughs> went to a different hotel. Why would she go to a different hotel? That's the stupidest theory in the world. Right. Did she change hotels because she didn't like my cybersecurity demonstration? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't stay in the Orlando Hotel anymore. After the Whack-A-Pack Mall thing, I couldn't deal with it. I'm at the Holiday Inn now. Now. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't afford it now that I saw how shitty your company was. So, yeah, so, like, he's he's trying to figure, he's like, well, where did she go? Where did she go? And the guy's going, like, like, dude, I legally can't tell you that. And he's like, tell me where the fuck she went! And the guy's like, uh, um, you're terribly frightening at this point, sir, but no, I can't violate the law. And then he hands him, like, five bucks, and he's like, oh, well, in that case. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm bribed now, so. Sure. Right. She went to the ho- she went to the fucking airport, by the way, is what he told her. Oh, it looks like right. she went to the airport. Well, that's where you'd go if you're trying to get to Brazil, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We uh, maybe check with her. Also, you have her cell phone. Call. <laughs> hey, wanted to catch you before you left. Nope, just gonna follow you to your hotel like a fucking creeper. At which point, he gets a call from his security firm. The bank has come to repossess apparently everything, mm-hmm. but everyone is acting like the building has been invaded by terrorists. Yeah, they're like he's hiding under desks and yeah, shit. He's literally hiding, crouching like behind a wall. And he's like, how long can you hold him off? And I'm like, that's not how banks work. No. Everything's very orderly. <laughs> we <laughs> need a rear smoke guard. Grenade comes in the window. We need that desk back. And right. by the way, this is also on the local news. So that the wife yes. can see it. Because right. that's the kind of stuff they talk about on the news. The fact that some guy who owns a security company fell behind on his bills and is, is having stuff repossessed. Right. So he takes this moment. He is, he has the bank in. His employees are hiding. There are terrorists in the deck. His, everyone in his life is basically living in a game of Counter-Strike. So he <laughs> takes a moment to have lunch at the food truck with David A.R. White yes. to talk about his affairs some more. Yes. There's just a great moment when he's talking to David where he's like, hey, listen, man, I know you're going through a hard time, but why is it an affair? And I just wanted David's character to be like, hey, man, fuck you. My wife left me. (laughs) 
How about you don't excuse her actions right now? Yeah, right, right. But now again, you've got to you've got to get all the way into this movie. She did not leave him. Right. The 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 postulation of this movie is that this guy, David A. R. White's character, found out that his wife was friends with someone online, and so he left her. Right. That's the good guy doing the good thing in this movie because when that happens, a marriage is you know if she's friends with somebody on Facebook, it's fucked now. Right. So yeah, so he's he's kind of he's kind of having like the um you know. Like, does this really count as a fair? Because, like, I checked the dictionary and it says you're wrong. Oh, no, no, no. Those dictionaries are full of shit. You so thought those naughty Those fancy thoughts, modern so. dictionaries. That's what's <laughs> wrong with our generation. I guess. <laughs> so then we're back on the plane. Right, right, exactly. So keep in mind that the story that this guy has told this dude, A, has nothing to do with why he's going to Brazil, which is what he promised in the first place. B, it contains no information, and C has taken the bulk of a 14-hour flight. I wanted so badly for him to just be like, so that's what I'm doing. And the guy goes, what a terrible, terrible story. <laughs> so terrible. I listen the whole time, and I hate you now. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. hate you as a person for your terrible, terrible story. <laughs> I was really hoping you would be more like Forrest Gump. Um, <laughs> and, but he actually even says to him, he's like, but why are you going to Brazil? That was my question. And he goes right. like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to a business meeting. And he's like, oh, so right. you, you could have said that, you fuck. Which, which he has the money to do. And by the way, he's going, he has the money to fly to Brazil oh, and right. stay in yes. Brazil. <laughs> and he also, he's flying to Brazil to argue with their own analyst. I like, guess. Ap- apparently, this woman is going to go back and be like, yeah, their system doesn't work. Some guy uploaded a fucking YouTube video to their system. Definitely shouldn't work with them. And he's going to show up and be like, guys, don't listen to what that bitch said. <laughs> She's fucked. She fucking tempted me. She gave me all her headshots. Well, she put them on. <laughs> she emailed them to someone. And I know a guy at the NSA. So uh basically the same thing. I also love that the cybersecurity guy doesn't have his phone locked up to where his wife can't see what kind of pictures he's beating yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. It. Listen, I started this phone with two security guys. <laughs> they would just watch my phone and turn yeah. it. <laughs> Tell my wife not to touch it. So, and now the fat guy on the plane, the Brazilian guy, is is saying, "Hey, while you are in Brazil, maybe you should come to my church." And he's giving him his 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 card. You know, come to this address in Brazil. And and I'm thinking, God, jeez, I want the fat guy to cut him up and eat him. I want him to show up, and he's like, this doesn't look like a church. The fat guy just jumps out of the bushes wearing nothing but a fucking loincloth, hacks him to death with a machete, and that's how the fucking movie ends. Again, and credits. When Breakfast Eli gets billion Don't movies. you forget about me. One ate Paul. Paul was delicious. <laughs> The what a better end. ending for a movie. Oh, my God. So he gets to, to Brazil... And he jumps in a cab, and the guy says something to him in Portuguese because that's what they speak in Brazil. And the guy's just like, "Oh fuck, I didn't didn't occur to me that I should know what language you guys talk in." Right, different country, different language. That's on me. That's <laughs> I my didn't bad. change my money. I didn't learn the language. I didn't pick up a Portuguese phrases book. Nothing. Right. So he he's sitting in the back of the the, the cab, and he has this moment because he's got one card that has the you know the company he's supposed to go to, but he has another card that has the fat guy's church on it, and he's like, I'm I came all this way to Brazil to go to this company. Should I save my company, or should I but, go to church? Yeah, exactly. And of course, ultimately, he decides to go to church. Uh, but right. not before, oh, I'm sorry, not before we have the obligatory wife praying for him scene. 
Right, exactly. Please, God, call Paul an Uber and send him to church instead of to the company to save our livelihood. Yeah, I guess. And I just want to point out, because, you know, you were talking last week about the real bro prayer that they had. Yeah, uh, she's she's got a really flirty prayer. She's like, yeah, she's hey, like, God. oh, my God, God, have you been working out? <laughs> you look amazing. Seriously, though, let me feel your arms, God. Let me feel your arms. <laughs> I can feel it. There's like a little muscle there. <laughs> She talks to God like a stripper. Yes, exactly. Like, oh my God, honey, what do you do? <laughs> so once again, by the way, another Christian movie sending us the message that it's it's the wife's job to fix the marriage and the marital infidelity with her Jesus magic. And so if your marriage isn't fixed, it's because you're not doing enough Jesus magic. It's because there's not enough Jesus magic. That's right. Yeah. So he does. He goes to Brazilian church where he pays for the ride in American money, which is okay, apparently. I, yeah, probably. I've done a fair amount of travel. No one's ever been okay with me paying in about American money, but. If, if you ever go to Mexico, they're really excited about it. But, uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, Brazil might be the same way. But at, at any rate, yeah, it seems a little odd that, I mean, since he came out of the airport and there would have been a Forex there, but at any rate. I travel to places with white people in them, so. <laughs> <laughs> I go to. I go to nice places on vacation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you go to France, yeah, they don't want American money, no. Um, They've got their own money over there. So he shows up at this Brazilian church. I'm also not buying children to fuck, so I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, that's where Heath is right now. He's in Mexico (laughs) buying kids. They've just got a throne of boys in their apartment. (laughs) We promised we weren't going to talk about that. You give right, so sorry, much editing edit work. Point. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so he walks into the Portuguese church or the Brazilian church and of course they're speaking Portuguese. Now luckily they have gringo headphones right there. Also, this church is packed. There's like a Brazilian people in there. <laughs> ah! I waited the entire film! <laughs> I waited the entire film! <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, you made, you waited almost long enough for that to come out after we, uh, got done recording. Almost. That's right. But so, okay, so now, again, and again, we've alluded to this, but this is a, I don't know, it, like, five minute scene? Five minute sermon. Sermon in Brazilian. In, in fucking in Portuguese. Portuguese. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, now it's subtitled in case you want to read along with the goddamn sermon. And it's just a generic, how about that Jesus type sermon. It's not like anything like specific to the movie is being well, revealed no, he here. Says, he says like, oh, there's a man here who has said I've gone too far and well, yeah. we want you to forgive him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. and I wrote, I wrote in my notes, man, this is like international talk about infidelity week. Because <laughs> his preacher's talking about it, this guy in Brazil's talking about it. <laughs> Nobody's reading Matthew's letters in Corinthians. No, <laughs> apparently not. Lucky bastards. So then we get his please forgive me God moment where he's sitting in the hotel with his hotel Bible. Right, where he says, I choose you, and yes. I was like, yeah, Pokemon, I choose you, Lord, use tackle. <laughs> nope, just praying. <laughs> then I thought about what a shitty Pokemon God would be. Right? God, <laughs> use stop rape. <laughs> God is not listening. Right. <laughs> God is confused. <laughs> so then he goes to the Brazilian HQ. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, and he, he comes in and he gives the craziest speech 
this speech would make ap- makes no sense in the movie, but would make absolutely no sense in this context. Oh my They're god! They're basically like, "Why are you here?" And he's like, "I just want you guys to know that I was ignoring my wife because <laughs> I, I wanted to fuck the game. account you sent me here." And the guy's like, "I'm sorry. Are you saying that Miss Santos was inappropriate?" And he's like, "Nope." Well, in my fantasy, she touched my hand, which was probably taking it a little too far. But I just want you guys to know she was totally professional, and I was not. And they're like, cool, you can leave. Should we have you escorted out? I took both of my medications at once. All righty. <laughs> That's how fucking crazy this is. Really and then on was. his way out, she she meets him, mm-hmm. and she's like, Paul. Would you like a tour of Rio? Because that's the polite thing to do. And he offered her a tour and he's like, sorry, honey, I'm married. Breakfast <laughs> club just like jumps in. Like, yeah. But I want, I wanted that scene to extend and for her to be like, Oh, rude. I yeah. was just offering to show you around because you offered. Yeah, right. That's well, because he's like, no, I've got to go home to my wife. And she's like, well, I wasn't going to give you a hand job. I just, I, I thought maybe, you know, you're right. Remember when you said, doesn't... hey, do you want a tour of Los Angeles? We could go to OJ doing... Simpson's house. By the way, I Googled him. He's a murderer. Why would he go to his house? <laughs> That's a weird thing. But then, and then as he's walking out, because everyone in this movie is on the same insane page as him, she says, she's a lucky woman, Paul. And uh he goes, no, I'm the lucky one. And I wanted her so bad to say, no, I, I mean for surviving the hornet attack or whatever did that to her face. But <laughs> yeah, no, I meant uh, not the... for being married to you. I mean, you came all the way to Brazil to I fuck me again. <laughs> and then we get some Christian country music while he's going home because the movie hasn't gotten bad enough. So he has a big meeting. Now, his office has been repossessed, and if you remember, the counter-terrorists have already broken in and thrown smoke grenades. I assume Brandy has been shot through the chest with a shotgun blast. (laughs) I hope not. She was the only character in the movie that I liked. (laughs) But he has a company meeting, and the topic of his company meeting is not, Hey guys, remember when the bank came and the cops were here and they took all the chairs? It's just (laughs) like, guys, I wanted to fuck another lady. (laughs) That's the first part. Yes. And then the second part is about the Great Wall of China. Yeah, he's well, okay. Well, let's talk about this. He says he says the Great Wall of China was tall and strong, but what they did is they bribed a guard to get through it. That is not true. They just threw him a big thing of gold and he was like, "Great, all right, I'll let it in." <laughs> yeah. You see guys, Ryan is comes from the western territories of California <laughs> and he's a lot more similar to Joss 620 than he is to us, which came from the We're a big old company. Oh, sorry. Let me I'm going to show you this map. Okay, so this is uh this is the uh oh, okay. How do I work in the cons here? The cons <laughs> are Bill Gates and the uh the schism among the brothers after he... Okay, listen, we're going to listen to this episode of Hardcore History. It's just a mere 25 hours. You're going to get it. I fucked our company and I wanted to fuck another lady, but I lived TLDR. So, <laughs> so yeah, so after this long, stupid uh, analogy about the Great Wall of China, he says, we found the hacker that was working for us. Seems like that would have been fairly easy. Could have just sent him an email. And, uh, and, and he's here right now to tell us how he hacked into our system. And of course, this is where we get the big reveal that, oh, Josh 620 is a reference to Joshua 620, which is where the walls of Jericho come down, which is what we named our goddamn thing. So, uh, anyway. Guys, 
If I had a nickel for every high-class hacker that turned out to be a fundamentalist Christian, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> they just love the Bible. I, I guess, yeah, that's that's how you really know somebody's into tech. Um, but why would you name, since we're on the subject anyway, why would you name your internet security after a city that's famous for its wall falling down because somebody played the wrong note on a fucking trumpet. Somebody hit the brown note, right. and that's all it took to take down your entire fucking wall, and that's what you name your goddamn security after? Give me a goddamn break. We've got this new program going called Titanic. It's yeah, going to be exactly. really great. It's a huge database. We're calling it the Titanic, and then we've got the, the German division is going to be called the Hindenburg and then, uh, yeah, then when we've got these double structure, we're going to call the Twin Towers. <laughs> so, and, and then he brings Joss 620 up, and he's telling this whole thing about, oh, you know, the Joss 620 it was a reference to Rahab because you guys are a bunch of hookers. But it's, the demonstration is going to supposed to be like there's a there's a rat in the house, and Joss 620 is going to, you know, going to reveal him. Because even though he never met in person, he has the guy's phone number, who is the rat that's inside the company that he's been working with. So he'll just call him, and whoever's phone rings is obviously the rat. Right, yeah, exactly. Because that's how the law works. Well, and again, so what, you know, in the movie, in the context of the movie, this sort of makes sense, but... In reality, if you work for this company, what happens is your boss just came up and said, this guy you never know, you never met before, he's the one who knows who's the bad guy. And, uh, oh, look, he has Ryan's phone number. Ryan must be the bad guy. Right. Exactly. And by the way, Ryan could not be more guilty in this scene. He keeps being like, why do we keep asking this hacker about stuff, guys? Why, why aren't we, why are we even talking about this? Get this guy out of here. And it's like, no, no, no. This guy is the point of the meeting. Yeah. But why don't we talk about something else? Who wants to, who wants to play some Egyptian rap screw? Am I right? Am I right? I'll, I'll start dealing. I'll start dealing. <laughs> yeah, very, very clearly he's the bad guy here. Uh, but, um, yeah. And I Ryan guess... just doesn't answer his phone in the hopes of, like, oh, not getting caught. It's like, hey, Ryan, it's your phone. Do, 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 do. <laughs> hey, Ryan, it's your phone. Do. And Ryan's just like, man, someone's phone's ringing. That's crazy. <laughs> Whose phone is that? And look, I'm sorry, but, like, okay. If you went into the business meeting and didn't silence your phone in the first place, you'd be an asshole. Yeah. But also, like, I can shut my phone off without, like, you know, yeah. actually taking it out of my pocket. Just reach I, into I, my pocket and silence it, and then you're like, well, yeah. I just oh. want everyone to know that Ryan's phone is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot exactly. that vibrate settings exist, but it's Ryan's. But now, of course, he has to... Now, it's, we, we learned that it was all Ryan's fault, and Ryan is the one... And, and Ryan was going to, like, I guess try to torpedo the company so that he could sell Jericho himself because that's how things work. But because we have to tie this back into the him wanting the fuck the Brazilian chick, he tur t turns to his whole team and he says, I apologize. I was distracted by a woman. And and I, I said to myself at that point, is like, is this a pro burka movie? Right. <laughs> is that, are they trying to bring burkas back for Christian chicks really too? Really going for the Sharia law side of the Christian industry. I guess. Yeah. They have so much in common. I also love this line because they're like trying to after after everybody leaves the the meeting or whatever, they're all trying to figure out why Ryan did what he did. And one guy goes, "He was working with Sistac," and everybody's like, "Oh!" And like that's supposed to be a big reveal. Like we don't even know yeah, who that is. Gets mentioned in one sentence at the at beginning the, yes. of the movie. 
Sistak is the company that was going to buy them if the Brazilians didn't. And he was like, oh, no, I don't like them. They play dirty. Yeah, exactly. They're one of those dirty playing cybersecurity firms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We like it when they play clean. Um, but, but I mean, this is as much of a reveal as if at that point in the movie they were like, well, why did he do it? Well, it turned out he was a Sagittarius. Oh, shit. Oh, I thought the fuck. whole time he was a fucking Aries. What was his rising sign? <laughs> Oh, and apparently, uh, the, the Brazilians were so impressed by his, it took Crazy his drugs talk. with alcohol speech that they've decided to buy his company. I think they started feeling sorry for him because they started thinking, oh shit, so this is probably a good company. It's just that that crazy guy's in the, at the head of it. We should go ahead right. and buy it oh, and move him the fuck out. We should buy that company and fire him because that man flew to Brazil to tell us that he wanted to fuck our analysts. <laughs> Yeah, let's go ahead and buy that company. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If anything, we'll tell him that a wizard will curse him if he does not sell it to us. <laughs> Ooh, wizard. <laughs> and of course, the movie can't end quite yet because we haven't been, we haven't heard his vows yet. Exactly. So we cut to the vow renewal ceremony where he has invited Marcos. The guy he met on the plane <laughs> yes. to come from Brazil, from Brazil to his wedding vow renewal. Then the minister guy is like, Marcos, would you like to say a few words? And the Marcos goes up and he's like, would you like to read your vows? And that's it. That's what yes. he does. <laughs> yeah. That's what Marcos does. He came all the way from Brazil to stand up there and say, I understand you guys wrote some shit down or something. Right. And then it, and then basically Marcos goes, uh, at the end, the minister's like, I re-pronounce you. And Marcus goes, we, we now pronounce you. And it's like, no, man, that's not how, that's not how it works. <laughs> oh, okay. I just, all I got to do was announce the vows and I feel, so I feel I, stupid. I, that's I like a 75 hour away. flight. It costs like <laughs> two grand. I don't have a place to stay. Can I crash with you guys? Mm, you no. know, we've got so many people in town right now, Marcos. Yeah, you're not that white. <laughs> um, so. But then David A.R. David White's come back, wife comes back to him. Oh, but first we get this, this, is he going to go shoot himself moment? Because during the vows, oh, he just I like, was really hoping he was going to go hang himself. Yeah, exactly. Because during the vows, he's like wanders off. He can't take it anymore. But yes, his wife comes back and apologizes for following that dude on Twitter, I guess, or whatever. Um, and I also like that at this point in the movie, for the very first time, they allow the wife character to be kind of sexy from a distance. And then they get cl back close up to her and her neck looks like the back of balls or something. And, and it's just gross yeah, exactly. again. But. And then we get a Bible passage that has nothing to do with this movie. No, it's just... Like <laughs> What second Corinthians five seventeen, which is basically just yeah, Jesus, huh? How about that? He's pretty awesome. How great is Jesus? Am I right? It's like they couldn't get permission for any other Bible passage. <laughs> he was like, "We got this Corinthians one. If you want it, fine, we'll take it." <laughs> They'll just see that it was from the Bible, and everyone will start clapping. Yay, like, Corinthians! Why would you not use the Jesus line about adultery being just looking at people? I, uh, yeah, happy is the man who dashes the children <laughs> on the rock. Oh no, fuck no! Put another one in there. Different one, different one. Um, and then it's over, I guess, because they needed a place to put the credits. Yep. Um, so I ask you, Eli, in your opinion, like, who was the audience for this movie? Who was this meant for? This I, this movie was meant for men 
who want to search through their wives slash girlfriend's phone. Yeah, right. This is like, they were like, do you want to search through your girlfriend's phone? Is there no movie to prove why you should be able to? Well, strap on in for Redeemed. It's on Netflix. We've got 90 minutes of why you should be able to read her Facebook messages. <laughs> well, see, now, I went just the other gender with it. I, I, I thought that it was, like, maybe for middle-aged women who needed to be, you know, to have it reassured to them that, no, they're right. The way he talks to that little harlot at the Jiffy Loop is a reasonable thing to be pissed off about. Right. That is a exactly. reasonable excuse to not have sex with him. He smiled at the girl at the 7-Eleven. Right, exactly. This is this is the fat friend version of movies. Just like, I don't know, honey. It starts with talking. It starts with talking. I've lost three pounds, by the way. No, you haven't, Jen. You haven't lost three pounds. It's just a low amount amount that no one's going to be like, oh, it doesn't look like you lost three pounds. Because, yeah, I lost three pounds, too. Look at us. That's what happens when you weigh yourself in the morning and then weigh yourself right. at night. I know that trick, Jim. <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. I also noticed, it, 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 and I'm surprised this hasn't occurred to me before, but it seems like the vast majority of the religious movies that we watch, especially the Pure Flix movies, these are movies that are made by failed actors, failed directors, failed producers, etc. And they're always about how you can't be both a success and a good husband slash father. You know, like every one of these movies is being set up so that they can point it to the, to their wife and say, see, I may not make any money, but I'm always at the fucking soccer game and it's one or the other. Right. Listen, listen, you had to choose. You had to choose. Did you want me to put food on the table or did you want me to be there when there's no food on the table? <laughs> right. <laughs> So in keeping with our idiosyncratic rating system, I'd like to wrap up by asking Eli that you would imagine that you're trapped on a 14-hour flight to Brazil. The person next to you turns to you and strikes up a conversation even more boring than the conversation at the center of this movie. So I ask you, what would that conversation have to be about? I think this person would just have to say the word flint for 14 hours in a row if they were just like flint, flint. 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 I think, I think 14 hours of that, I'd be like, yeah, this is worse than that movie. But not much worse. Not more. You could fall asleep <laughs> right. to a repetitive Flint. I could start to techno dance like Flint, 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 Flint. So yeah, maybe, I don't know. I think I gotta, if I were this, this, uh, Portuguese guy, I, he would have made it about three seconds in before my headphones were in. I would have been like, I'm so sorry. I gotta, I gotta catch up on this book on tape. I'm listening to the great courses right now. So. This sounds really rough what you're going through, though. Talk to a shrink. They're great. Yeah, <laughs> they'll give you drugs. Um, that's all they'll do. Uh, right. And I guess that's going to do it for our review of Redeem, but that's not going to do it for the episode quite yet, because apparently I'm not done gay emotional cheating on my wife with Eli quite yet. <laughs> so before we let you go, we've got to get you all hot and bothered for next week's episode with a little preview review. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. A thief in the night. All right. Everyone's been, this is by far our most requested film. Uh, it is, of course, a 1970s kind of horror trilogy about how Satan is coming for your soul. Yeah. And God, the preview to this movie makes absolutely no sense. Like I, this preview, the only preview we could find online is just random flashes of like a guy getting attacked by a cobra. Yeah. A lady running. Yeah. And then like 1970s psychedelia. But, but what, what I have heard, I have not seen the movie yet, but what I have heard, it, it appears that this was just all intended to scare children 
anywhere from the early 70s to the late 80s. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It looks like some some super low quality filmmaking. Yeah, and super low quality filmmaking from an era where that really meant something. Yeah, exactly. This we're we're looking at international guerrilla J quality. Well, because because look, I mean, nowadays you can get something like The Lock-In. Well, that's just two guys, three guys or whatever that got together and they're like, "Hey, they'll let us use the church all night and we'll be able to jerk off in that awesome baptismal together if we tell them we're making a movie." Right. Right, that's all it takes. But when this movie was made, making a movie was a big fucking production, even if it was terrible. So the yeah, fact you had that to rent this cameras. movie existed, yeah, exactly, is crap awesome services. to me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I can't wait for it. Yeah, yeah, no shit. From what I understand, this is the movie we were made for. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 11 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an extended edition of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a guy from Brooklyn telling you to fuck yourself. Fuck you. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.